Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker. Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Tuesday after a long weekend, fam. How are we doing? <laughs> I, say, I, I had a very productive Indigenous People's Day, so. Yeah. I sent a couple of emails. Mm-hmm. I did send a couple of emails. That's actually exactly what the productive thing was, but like. Sometimes it's really hard to send those damn emails. Yeah. What did I do for, for Indigenous People's Day? Um, watched Harry Potter. Hell yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been Columbus Day acknowledged True. in like mm-hmm. a few years. And being an adult and being a freelancer, I feel like that has waned off. Somebody posted a map of, of Europe. You've seen it online. And it was like, there's like the, the, the line that demarks like potato Europe and tomato Europe. <laughs> and like which one but then somebody was like yeah but they got both of those from the indigenous people <laughs> like there's so nothing original what did they eat before and yeah i just remembered um yeah in one of my latin american history classes in college my professor was like i don't know what they ate like europeans before they colonized all these countries like it's a good question. That's so i don't know because there is no p- spices, obviously, but even tomatoes or crops or corn or I don't know. Yeah. So we can't talk about what Europeans used to eat. So today we're going to talk. About- <laughs> <laughs> we're back to talk about football today. And we're so thrilled to have our uh, one of our producers here with us today. Sean Kelby is back when we talk football and we were ha- happy to have him as our producer today. Welcome back, Sean. How was your oh, weekend? Thank you. Long and wonderful. I don't remember a single thing I did other than watch Squid Game. So oh. I'm finishing it tonight, guys. Don't spoil it. I haven't finished it either. I did like one big binge of it and um, Danny has not been watching it with me at all. And he like tried to take a nap and he woke up and was like, all I hear is shooting. Why? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, my my fiance won't watch more than a couple in a row. So we're sort of stalled. It's brutal. It's brutal. But I watch football yeah. on Sundays, so I'm used to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. And I, and I assume you watch the fight, Sean. What the, the 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 boxing match? Yeah. Watch well, first of all, good sports knowledge by you, Amanda. I did not watch it, but apparently it was a big deal. Heavyweights going. Apparently on it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Yeah. What? Makes, I don't like, for sports. <laughs> it costs like fifty bucks, so I don't watch it. That's what yeah. I heard. I did go to somebody's house who watched it, but left before because it started far too late. But they kept saying like this was a one in a lifetime kind of fight. I was like, 
you punch each other until somebody can't anymore. How many variations can there be? To me, that's, I mean, this is what we can talk about with football where it's like, I don't know, maybe if like you need to support your family, there should be other options than letting somebody beat the shit out of you. <laughs> well, I even game. got that I mean, squid squid game. Game. That's true. <laughs> squid got game. The squid game. <laughs> Which is obviously just an allegory for capitalism, right? It is. It well, is. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. We got to yeah, discuss yeah, it, guys. You, yeah, yeah, we get do. in there. All right, we're get throwing it. There. That's it. I'm calling it Friday. We're doing a full Squid Game Sup recap where we break down each game, how it relates. Gorgeous. Okay, great. I'll finish it by then. Love it. Okay. Oh my God. Beautiful. Yeah. I guess we should see how it ends before we like go in, like we completely <laughs> say like what we think of it. So speaking, speaking of sports, that should be illegal. We're talking about football, not because of, of the absolute like savagery it causes the bodies that, that participated in it, but because Raiders head coach, John Gruden, who is apparently one of the most well-known coaches in the league has resigned following revelations that he is an extreme bigot homophobe and chauvinist. Honest question to, I guess all, all four of us who knew what city the Raiders were based on before today based in. I knew this because I was just in Las Vegas. Oh, so it's just me. Uh, All right. I guess this question only applied to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to college in Southern California. uh, So they used to be the San Diego Raiders and the people were. I think it was LA. It was LA. It was LA. I think. LA. LA. The Chargers were in San Diego and moved to LA. And then the Raiders wanted to move to LA and the league was like, nah, us. Like, fuck it. We're moving to Vegas. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Wait, they were Chargers first. And then Raiders. <laughs> no, no, but the, the Chargers moved to LA and the Raiders didn't get to go there because they, they were in Oakland for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, Oakland. Okay. Yeah, but when we one. were little, little kids, they were in LA, which is why this is all so confusing. NWA, LA Raiders hats. Then they moved to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas in a, in a state-of-the-art stadium. And John Gruden Allegiant. was the coach who brought them there. So he, like, he, he came back on with the team. He had been with the team back when they were like a Super Bowl level team 20 years ago. Then he went to Monday Night Football. So he was like a commentator, yeah. which is when all these emails were sent. And then they oh, said, you know okay. what? We're going to pay you $100 million to become our head coach again, even though the guy's kind of a dummy. Yeah. And that brings us up to present day where he is the coach, or until today, he was the coach of the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at this guy, any, any woman or person of color or gay person, you can look at this man's face. I don't know what it is about it, but you're like, oh, that man has said hateful things privately. Because he looks like a Chucky doll. He just has the look. He goes on how this Halloween he's going as a Chucky (laughs) doll and he doesn't have to put anything on. He just looks like it. Like he looks like a rabid, scary. Somebody should get dressed as the Chucky doll and then be like, who are you? And you just say John Gruden. John Gruden, exactly. So these revelations are, are wild. They're horrible. They came after a series of outlets published this language from the emails. This started last Friday because an email came out of him speaking to somebody that like was a contact, this man named Damar Smith who worked, uh, was the executive director of the NFL Players Association. An email came out last Friday detailing super offensive statements things he said about him. And then this sort of question emerged, like, is he going to have to resign over this? And then later, the New York Times published an additional series of emails showing that this was not like a one-time aberrant thing, even though what he said was pretty, pretty foul. Um, <laughs> even if you emailed it, if you one time if do your Googling and see what he said and then be like, yeah, you can't even really email that one time. Yeah. One time you're not going to email like you're not going to not email it more than one time. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the can of worms is opened on that. Like when you send one insanely racist email, insanely racist, he referred it was like during negotiations for something and um, Gruden was not happy with Mr. Smith and he used super racist language, referred to the size of his lips and referred to him as dumb and unable to uh, 
participate in the discussions that were happening. And I want to note Smith's response because I just thought it was really powerful. He said, racism like this comes from the fact that I am at the same table as long as, as they are, and they don't think someone who looks like me belongs. In response to this particular email, Gruden tried to say, um, he said, quote, I never had a blade of racism in me. <laughs> and he just uses a phrase, a phrase rubber lips to mean like liars. So that's how he explained that particular bit of, of racism. But like I said, the floodgates open and a broader set of emails that began, as Sean said, in around 2011, Gruden called the league's commissioner, Roger Goodell, a F-slur and rejected the drafting of, quote, queers in reference to Michael Sam. Gruden also said he was mad at Goodell for working to prevent further head injuries and concussions, which, Sean, I don't think Goodell has like a great reputation for. He's not like yeah, he, he's <laughs> really great. Great. He said, like, feigned, like, oh, we should look into that. And this guy is like, what yeah. an F word. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's like, let's not openly admit we want these people to have concussions. And he's like, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's going to keep parents from putting their boys in the sports. And therefore, it's making all the kids gay. It's crazy <laughs> because, I mean, there's multiple things. It's like, one, it's like most of the league is black, right? Like most 70%. of 70%. Yeah, 70%. Um, I think it goes, it, it has this thinking of like, if you view Black people as equals or as human beings, then you have to feel bad about how they're treating that. But if you have that, like, so how they're treating them, how these CTE things, like all this stuff, like, and you have to look at yourself and examine like the sport, like as a whole. And I think that, you know, people don't want to do that, right? Because people want to enjoy their sport. I mean, I, this is a, a wild ride, but I compare it a lot to The Bachelor, like okay. NFL, just as morally like fucked mm. up and all this stuff. But if you don't view like this, the exploitation of human beings, like if you don't care, uh, you know, then like you can enjoy it more. So like <laughs> it justifies it. And then also like Donald Trump was another person, like anybody who's like, anti-CTE bear, you know, concussion bands or whatever, like they would never subject themselves to even a quarter of what these NFL players would put them through, you know? And like, this is another example of like, this guy can't handle anything, but he's talking shit about people who want like bear helmets and like the CTE issue is fucked up. Like I, there's a Freakonomics mm -hmm. episode about CTE that's really enlightening. And basically the number one guaranteed way of getting CTE is enrolling your kids in peewee football and making sure they stay in through college like that is like 100% of cases with CTE have people started at a young age. I didn't football. know that. That's crazy. And CTE stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> well, you both brain. played, Amanda. I don't know what it <laughs> is. The first two, you nailed the first two words, though. <laughs> you, did, you, did. <laughs> you know what? You're two for three. You know, I thought I got it, and then I saw your faces. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've actually said this word before. Acephalopathy. Okay. That sounds like Nailed a it. Black Eyed Peas <laughs> album. Yeah. A Muppet. Which is a progressive brain condition. It's just when you get fucking hit in the head hard over and over again. And that's such a good point because that also probably explains why he was so dismissive of Jamora Smith because he was representing... He was advocating for the players at the time, right, Sean? He was like part he of was. the union negotiations. I mean, was. I don't know if this guy is like a beloved guy either. But it well, doesn't he, matter. <laughs> he, was, he was right. He's also smearing Goodell at the same time, who was on the opposite side of the table from Smith. So he was mad at both sides. And now, the thing is, this story broke last week and it was just the racist comments. And it was just yeah. one comment. And that's all we had. And I think 
Gruden was going to get off the hook with his excuse about it being about a, a, a phrase that he's always used to refer right. to somebody he got as a some liar. other coaches to come forward and be like, yeah, I've heard him say that. Heard, Even though no one, really, no one in the history of humans has ever used that phrase. No, I've never heard never it. In a, that's like, sometimes I have to hand it to these like straight, powerful white dudes. It was like, cause Brett Kavanaugh did this too. He's like, no devil's triangle, which we all know is a drinking game. And everyone's like, no, exactly. but they say it. And then you have to, for some reason they say it and we have to entertain that perspective, even though everyone knows like that's not a phrase. No one's ever heard that. Yeah. Well, I, what is the devil's triangle, at least for those who don't know? Well, the devil's triangle, my understanding is that it's a type of I will I will answer because we need to go on the record about this because this has been muddled in the media and the media has been getting this wrong. The devil's triangle, to my understanding, is a threesome. My understanding is it's similar to the Eiffel Tower. Yes, that's where what one, I've heard. Or an A, where one person is sort of creating a line Visual in between. Medium, or it, audio uh, yeah. medium. Okay, so um, imagine sort of an A or an Eiffel Tower with imagine your body. Imagine we're on Sesame Street and we're drawing the A, the letter but with a. people. Yeah, and then one person is in the middle, sort of creating the middle line of the A. They're sort of the interior of the human centipede here. And then, <laughs> you know, and then and everybody's having a great time and all these people I'm that are sure involved are adults and they're all they previously came together well, and they well they were texting and they set their boundaries and then they all met up and they had a great time. And that's what my understanding of what the devil's triangle is. And I just have to say really quickly that I'm so proud to be working with a media organization that prides itself <laughs> in the it truth. Really, <laughs> what is who has not been around the bush? Uh, so let's go over some of the other things that he said. Obviously, he said, <laughs> <laughs> I have to get this somehow. I love Amanda. <laughs> Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So he also did not, uh, he did not spare women in his diatribes either, surprisingly enough. He shared images of women in bikinis with other colleagues, including of cheerleaders for the, at the time, Washington football team. He also lashed out against women being referees. He could not handle that and shared sexist memes. My favorite part of this story, I think, is that the emails from this are so bad, but he was not even the one being investigated. These emails came up from a separate internal investigation into workplace misconduct from the Washington football team that we heard about in the past few years. Like imagine being like, but like, there's so much bad shit going on that, you know, whenever these first came out, nobody was like, also, by the way, we've had some emails from Gruden. You should probably be off the air. No, no, no. We stayed on the air. And then several years later, he gets a hundred million dollar contract. I mean, how does this happen? How does this happen? I know it's astonishing. And now it is not a coincidence that this is the team that this is involved. So he coaches for the Raiders, but his brother was the head coach of the Washington football team when they had their old name. And they kept that name at least five years yeah. past when everybody was saying enough is enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean, literally, like, like it is yeah, clearly, sure. is it a coincidence that the most racist named team in the league was sending emails like this and it was just accepted behavior. Also the owner of the Washington football team, Dan Snyder is clearly the worst person in football. Like everybody else pales in comparison. If you read the stories about what he's done to people, like aggressive things, he's basically one of the characters from succession, but like Mm -hmm. turned up to, to 12. So he didn't want to change the name. And then when he got rid of the name, as an act of defiance, he refuses to say the name was wrong and also refuses to pick another name as an act yeah. of defiance. It's like, we're just, fuck it. We're just going to call it the Washington football team. It's like, and he keeps it going year after year. This guy's like the Dave Chappelle of the NFL mm-hmm. where it's like, can you just let it go? Right. Like, what, like <laughs> the big, like, no, no, no. I need to do another special. I exp- explain to you guys why I'm not a bigot. So we I'm left you behind, dude. We left you behind. So really, like, is he, is there not even an ongoing effort to rename that team? I think there's going to be called the Washington football team, which it after seems a while, like they're just keeping well, it. you yeah. know, uh, two things, right? Like one, I think we need an alarm or some kind of like, like, just like we said, um, for the school shooters, we're going to call them. What What did we say? John, nobody um, cares or something. John Dick. <laughs> John, John, Dix. Oh, John Dix. They're all yes, John yes. Dix. Okay. I think we need another alarm because this keeps happening where it's like, I think it's like these powerful men who were told their whole lives that, not, you know, there's no consequences to their action. There's nothing. These people who did not know that during their lifetime, they'd have to lose power yes. or lose the court of public opinion because they still have power. They still have money, but people are mad at them and they're pissed about it. And they can't they can't fathom that like anything that they would do is problematic or anything that they would do is 
is like not tailored to the, you know, or like any piece of media is not tailored to them. It's like a, it's a problem in this country. And that's why we have all these reactionary politics. But I wonder if there's like a succinct name or succinct thing for this concept, because that's exactly what this guy's doing. He didn't think that it, he wanted to own a football team and have a whole bunch of black guys that he could, you know, him and his brother, whatever, Dan Snyder, and they can, because the allegations, my second point was the allegations were that they were like, sexually trafficking these cheerleaders right and like sending them to events to fuck people and flirt and all that stuff when all these women wanted to do was be dancers and it's really hard to make a living as a dancer so i'm like these men thought their whole lives that they were going to be able to fucking do whatever they want talk about however they want and have no consequences and now they're getting like a sliver of what the rest of the world gets and mm-hmm. they're fucking freaking out yeah it's it, well it's to, to your point, it's like, I think the fact that it was all sent via company email is like such a <laughs> such a sign that these people were not thinking about consequences at all. Like this guy was I mean, again, he got caught because he got embroiled in this like Washington football team thing. Like he was fine sending like sexy images on his company. So I guess, to think, to I guess in retrospect, it must've been, I think it was his personal email because at that time he okay. was not employed by the NFL, but you're right. He was emailing with people that were employed. And like, whenever yes. you're emailing with a company, like whenever you're emailing anybody who is a, like works at a big place, you should assume that it could, it would be swept up in anything. Yeah. It's also, I mean, to just not think that it's wrong at all, because it's True. like, <laughs> like maybe you don't want to be associated with like insanely racist statements. Like maybe I shouldn't use the F slur like a million times via email, but then these people like, maybe don't. Maybe I should text that one. It's like, no, maybe you shouldn't say it at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just, it goes to show the like true lack of thought to consequences at all to me. But maybe I also just use my email really only for professional matters. Well, if there was nothing <laughs> that I learned from last week's New York Times article, Bad oh. Art Friend, <laughs> is that uh, personal chats and DMs can be fucking subpoenas. Subpoenas. So yeah, that's crazy. That that's was terrifying. Cra- that was the crazy part to me, or it's like some people did have it in their own private group chats, and it's still, which I swear to God, if Apparently. any of my fucking <laughs> chats get yeah. subpoenaed, I'm gonna yeah. That's I, so. Do you think there is anything like what do you think John Gruden is thinking today, and what do you think his friends are like texting him today, Sean? Like, oh, you didn't deserve this. Mm, yeah. The times of just you're a you're a martyr. You've been sacrificed to the woke mob. Hundred percent. I don't think he believes he did anything wrong. I, his apology, I think, was also pretty poor. It doesn't really <laughs> matter, but it, he had like a one sentence apology. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I don't even think he's one of the worst toxically masculine people in the NFL, to be honest with you, this is probably just, they just happen to have his emails, but I am certain that everybody around him is telling him how wronged he was that now, if he wanted to go the Donald Trump route, he could have just refused to resign because the team wouldn't have wanted to pay him out. He would still be the coach if he had wanted to stay on. So, but I do think back to the Chappelle thing, I think the parallel there between these guys, all of which were born on third base. I mean, John Gruden's dad was like, ran the the Buccaneers when he was a kid. The mm-hmm. owner of the Raiders, who, by the way, look him up, 
worst haircut in the history of sports. It's the best. I mean, it's oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really bad. But his dad was this famous owner. And when he died, he just handed the team off to his son. So it's it's all these guys who think they're entitled to everything that they have. And if you look back at those original emails that they were talking about, it was during a labor dispute. And these people cannot stand the idea that the players would actually stick up for themselves and trying to get try to get a bigger piece of the pie. And so that's where all this ranting comes from. It's like, why can't we just get this done? Why is the guy who's the head of the union, Smith, continuing to push for the benefit of the players? He doesn't care about his players. And on top of all this stuff, I mean, he has on his team, on the Raiders, the first ever openly gay football player. Do you realize in our lifetime, there have been no less than 100 gay men in the NFL and not one of them felt comfortable coming out. And then the first guy to do it, did it on his team. You can't keep this guy. Yeah, you have email, that, no, exactly. That. Well, that's why you're saying that like he he could have like not left, but I feel like they the the players would not feel comfortable. Well, to, and I, I mean, I, I think the players, by the way, plenty of homophobia still in the NFL. I'm not sure even the players absolutely would have. It was the mountain of things, but I think he was going to lose the team from his racist remarks. I do think that's, yeah, that's the thing what, that I think all of it. So. But yeah, I think all of it, like he wouldn't have been able to keep the team, at least keep the team morale. Like that's the kind of shit where, you know, even like they're going to secretly fire him and be or like be like, hey, we don't think you deserve this. This is the woke liberal mob, whatever. But if they kept him, it would have pissed off the gay, you know, the gay player and all the black players. And you know what I mean? So it's like kind of. And what we even be talking about is the reason that he even had a chance to be able to stay is because he has done a good job with that team. Like if it were a coach that the team sucked and they he's were doing not nothing. Even very good. Okay. At coaching. He's kind of, he's kind of a dummy who, who coached like 20 years ago and was on the cutting edge 20 years ago and then never changed like updated with the times. So it's yeah. not like he was well, helping the most team. Of most of them tr- truly. So I don't think that he was this guy who was getting by on merit. It was mostly getting by on reputation alone. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he is a recognizable figure, which is why they want him. But you, do you, really, I, you guys need to realize, it is really uncommon to give a coach a 10-year contract. It really? never happens. It's like you get like three-year contracts, maximum. Because they, you're, they're always, there's always turnover in the NFL. So that was also an odd thing in this story. But one of the other things that came out today in that New York times article, which I had not heard about before is he also was speaking out against the players who were taking a knee with Colin. Right. And that's another element where you're going to lose the locker room. If your, your players are not going to agree with you because most of the players supported Colin Kaepernick, whether, whether in practice or silently behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So that, that alone might be the thing that would have, disqualified him from being the coach of the team. So some of the sort of like cancel culture things I saw this morning were people were saying like, not that I, we care what these people think. How come you're not going to like fire some players that have been accused of uh, domestic violence, but you're going to fire this coach for an email? Fire them all. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I mean, cool. Yeah. You can fire the people who have done domestic violence too. I don't think anybody who's like advocates for him to get fired over this email is going to be like, but domestic violence is cool. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, it reminds me of like, sometimes like 
conservative people when you're talking about Trump will be like, but Bill Clinton. And I'm like, yeah, I don't fuck with Bill Clinton either. Right. Like, I think that he's also a bad man. <laughs> like, I didn't vote for him. I was one. Like, <laughs> the best because this is the whataboutism thing that I think yeah. has become mm-hmm. more popular the further we get into the social media era. It's like the best way to divert people from the conversation is to say, what about that thing over there? But our best defense against it is to, to agree with them. Yeah, that's fucked up yeah. too. Fire that guy also. I mean, also, so back to, I sat through the entire Chappelle thing. I know a lot of our listeners probably couldn't stomach it, but he had, he had one almost good point about baby, which is that the baby killed a guy and yeah. then didn't get canceled for that. But then he said something on stage and did, yeah. did face consequences for that. And the proper response is, yeah, those are both fucked up right. things. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like one is better. Like, it's not like it was wrong for him to have face consequences the second time. He also didn't. What consequences He's not did facing you- any consequences. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he like doubled down on it. And also, like, there has been a, a long, you know, the thing about the Dave Chappelle thing is that, like, not to rehash that or whatever, but it ignores that there has been internal conversations in the Black community on the internet about the baby because he, like, punched a woman, like, in the face. And, like, he's had shitty behavior for a long time and people have been talking about it the way that people talk about Chris Brown, but because the, so it's not even like a, it's not even like nobody's talking about it or nobody cares. It's just like the mass group doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It's cause he doesn't care. It's like, you want us to help get accountability for baby? You know, it would help if some, if some like actual powerful public figure said something. Did he go up there and be like, you know what? Speaking of, I heard baby did this, this and this. Maybe we should interrogate our celebration of him. No, he just like brought it up in reference to himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like, and the thing about the baby thing that made it worse, which what is what we talked about, was that it was a mistake or like it was like something, it was a bad joke that he made that was homophobic at its core. But the thing that got like the most backlash was him doubling down and like not letting go and then sending a fake apology and then unsending it and all that made it worse. But it, at the at its core, it was just a bad, stupid, tasteless, homophobic joke. And misogynist joke. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's just yeah. like, yeah. I also think the, the funny thing about this whole cancel culture debate and the stuff with Gruden comparing it to other people involved, we actually collectively kind of do give people an opportunity to apologize and get a second chance in the moment a lot of times. I really think that Gruden yeah. was going, if he had one thing that was in an email, if he yeah. apologized directly to the person that he was insulting, he was actually going to be able to keep his job. I think people are being g- given a lot of latitude on these things still, but totally. I mean, yeah. if, if you sent a dozen emails, all problematic, I mean, that's just a mountain of stuff. It's almost like the more they double down on it, like with JK Rowling, it just becomes like a part of their thing. And their it's thing. like, well, you know, JK Rowling, but she's got the turfy stuff. Well, you know, Dave Chappelle, it's like, it's like less and less frequently. You're, oh, but you know, that celebrity said that one thing that time ago, it's like almost more acceptable if they double down on it. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, with JK Rowling, it's like every six months, she's like, I better put out another transphobic screed. People well, might've forgotten that this is my thing now, instead of the wizard stuff, I've, I'm doing this. So <laughs> well, that's the thing too. JK Rowling's another one where it's not like she had this power, but she at the time was cutting edge and cool. And then now has to atone for like, maybe she's not the most progressive, but instead of atoning for it, it's like doubling down. And then, you know, another thing too, is that like, yeah, you're right, Sean, like people do give grace. And the, the same thing with Kevin Hart, if Kevin Hart was like, those comments were dumb, 
I'm going to do an effort to work with more queer people and like collaborate with more queer, you know, but he never did any of that. He didn't even try. He didn't even try. And it doesn't matter. It's true. He could have gone on a show that day, apologized profusely, made a giant donation, and he could have hosted the Oscars. He actually could have. And if he He made a point of becoming somebody who is outspoken on behalf of the gay community, I think he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do it because it's also in his heart. That's the thing. We all say stupid stuff from time to time. And everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of people have a dumb tweet from the past that we will forgive. But this is, by the way, back to Gruden. We were going to forgive the one thing, but then it was like 10 different things. There's probably other stuff that included. Well, and I think the thing that like gets lost in cancel culture as a victim of it myself, of like people trying to get me, you know, it's not like, Gruden's still going to be like rich. Chappelle's still going to be rich. Louis C.K., whatever. They're all going to be fine. But there are actual people of color when, because there's this what about ism. People of color, queer people, like the trans uh, Netflix employee that got fired for speaking out um, and all that stuff. There are always going to be actual people that more marginalized people that do receive who do get canceled from conservatives, you know, and there's no, and like, they're not the face of cancel culture. It's all these privileged people that are like, how dare I lose some power when there are actual people, you know, and it fucking sucks because it's like, it's the people that are complaining about it are the ones that are so quick to have this momentum and aren't satisfied until you get fired. And I'm not going to talk too much about it, but you can look up at a place I used to work at and figure it out on your own. (laughs) what a fun afternoon activity i mean i feel like that with netflix and with the nfl situation it's like representation it's like just this is the thing about companies it's like don't just diversity and inclusion is not just to make you look better it's literally so you avoid this mistakes like the trans person at netflix they got suspended because they were trying to get into a director level meeting presumably to share their feelings about why this netflix special happened you know what would have been excellent maybe if you had a a gay or trans person in the room where you decided to give him another special in the first place like how did how was this 10 years of emails with gruden and like surely on one of those there was somebody cc'd who maybe could have been like, I don't know, maybe Gruden didn't, wasn't in the league yet. Maybe that was the, the challenge is that they couldn't say like, oh, this coach, but he could have been hired. And then somebody could have been like, oh, well, you know, a couple of years ago, he said a series of very terrible things. Like, what is it going to take for enough people to be in the area to, to raise their hand and like put up a stop sign? Yeah, I will say with Chappelle's special, not that this was Netflix's intention at all, but I kind of think him putting out all these specials that have transphobic remarks in them. And honestly, it's like, it's half the special this time. Like he just won't fucking let it go. It's kind of the best thing for the conversation. Again, I know unintentionally so, but it creates something for us to actually discuss because a lot of people are completely ignorant to any of this conversation taking place. He's dead wrong about everything that he's saying. And he's just being super defensive about it. But I actually think rather than Netflix saying, oh, we're ne- we're going to censor this and not put it out. I think it's like, okay, we're going to publish the material and then people can, the backlash should be real, but I actually think it kind of is helpful that we don't, that Netflix doesn't just hide it away somewhere. You know, if he, if he doesn't do it there, he's going to go do it somewhere else. I do truly wonder though, that like, Millie, if you got an Netflix special and you decided to dedicate it to just being hateful towards straight white men, like I do think people would be like, hey, 
You want to change that? Like that's well, a little. Oh, it wouldn't be well, like that. I would it wouldn't be. It. She wouldn't be told like that. She would be right. I mean, well, they would mm. bombard you and like go if fucking they felt crazy on you. Offended by yeah. it, yeah. Well, every like every two days because I'm on screenwriter Twitter and people yeah. of color like com- comedian all that stuff. Every two days, there's another person of color who's like. I like even insecure. They shopped it around because they're like, why don't you have any main characters that are white? Like no one's going to relate to this and this and that. And like other big shows that we enjoy, they always get that criticism of that. So it's like you can't even shop it around. I've shopped around a pilot, which is so funny because it's like my pilot's kind of like only murders in the building. It's like a podcast murder that happens like in the Bronx or whatever. And it's based in the Bronx or whatever. Only murders in the Bronx would be a great spinoff. And I would watch Thank that you. show. Steve Thank Martin. You. Um, but, you know, when I pitch it to, like, I pitch it to one production company and they're like, we don't get it. Like, we don't get anything about the Bronx. We don't do this. We don't do that. Like, I couldn't even get it understood because they had no sense of, like, so it's like, you don't even get to the special level yeah. if you're, if it's not focused on a certain thing. I also think in, not in Netflix defense, but they gave him, like, you know, just like Adam Sandler, they gave him like a whatever five movie contract or something. And they're like, there's no stipulation on what's in it. He can do whatever he wants with it. And like he did. And they're kind of like, well, fuck, you know, we can't. He's following the contract, so we can't whatever. But I heard my friend Akila, who um, used to be the host of What a Day on Crooked Media. Mm-hmm. She wrote a piece. She went to yeah. um, Dave Chappelle's like he did a documentary about doing those shows in the summer and she said it was really good and it was like really nice and stuff and like that the documentary was really funny but like after the documentary like she wrote the the piece was really funny that she wrote on medium but like after the documentary came up on stage and started bitching about cancel culture again and she's just like why don't you just enjoy this moment that you have like enjoy that you have a special enjoy and i mean i think that's the point that we're all making yeah like we're not even making you talk about your cancellation anymore you just keep bringing it up it's It's also crazy to cry about cancel culture when you just premiered a movie about all of the comedy shows you've been doing like that's crazy that's crazy it's crazy to go on your netflix special which is a part of your five movie deal with netflix and be like i'm canceled (laughs) what i will say is that when and this is how a lot of people react regardless is when Everybody tells you you're wrong, but you mm. still think there's like a sliver of truth in what you're saying or it's justified because you're a comedian. So the, it's just a joke. Lighten up. People get their back against the wall. Totally. And then they just can't let it go. So they keep fighting their way out of that corner. And he's doing it for like, what is it? The fifth special in a row where he just won't let it go. But he's really battling. He has this like bully pulpit where he can get on stage with the microphone, with an audience that paid money to see him. So they're all going to laugh at his jokes. And all he's arguing with is his critics that are on Twitter. If and he was like, at peace with it, he'd leave it alone. But Dave, yeah, you like, can just get off Twitter. There. You can just go get make sure that you're days. always is he on in the, Twitter. Well, he's reading it. You know what yeah, I mean? Like he goes it. and he's yeah. reading he's it. He's reacting to it. Yeah, he's, he's definitely to seeing it. it. And but so many of his stories. Like engaged in it. He's also yeah. just like, the guy's full of, this is my biggest criticism because he is one of the funniest comedians ever. He's so fucking funny. If you watch his early stuff, Killing Me Softly, it's amazing. He's like, he's like the Adele of comedy. Just, it sounds so good. Yeah, you could hear him like make jokes about the phone book, uh, yeah. about the phone book, and totally. I would laugh. But 
but or a phone booth. Fuck it. He's funny. So, but yeah. he has now all he has is like champagne problems where he's like, ah, I was in this club and I was roped off and then people were filming me. So I went over and fought them. And it's like, Dave, I think maybe, maybe you should stay home. Stop yeah. telling us about life or, or the whole thing. You guys saw the whole thing that was this last year where his Chappelle show, which is an amazing show was on HBO max, but he wasn't making any money off of it. Cause he never had a contract that said he would make money off of the streaming stuff. Mm. So he did a whole thing about how yeah. the industry is so fucked up. And it's yeah. like, Dave, so people can't pay their rent right now. Yeah. You're talking <laughs> about, like, you haven't, you're so fucking rich and you're asking people to go attack HBO Max, which HBO Max just took it down. But it's like, he's so out of touch yeah. Yeah. with regular people now that all he can talk about is how everybody's wrong about what he does. So I, I mean, these NFL owners and these NFL coaches, all of them, they're probably all the same way. They're like, can you believe woe is us? Can you believe what happened to John totally. Gruden is a conversation that's taking place today in a lot of quarters of the NFL. That's totally the problem. Yeah. That's for sure. And it's just, you know, whatever, like it's sad, but like people are still continuing to create and like what, you know, it just sucks. Cause it's like, that's the problem with capitalism is that like, there it is, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. The I mean, nobody, nobody's, that's the thing is like, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna cancel their Netflix subscription over this. And, uh, and Netflix knows that that is our show today. We'll talk about the submarine couple later this week until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And I'm Sean Kilby. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.